When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Matt Bovey from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other task that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. Well, how about that heavyweight fight in Kansas City? Another one, an epic battle. This one, not in the playoffs, this one in the regular season, but a lot on the line and an a huge win for the Buffalo Bills over the Kansas City Chiefs. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove here. It's always game day in Buffalo. Got to tell you right off the bat, Matt is actually in the Baltimore airport on his layover back to Buffalo. I'm in the studios here in Amherst, WGR Sports Radio 550, ready to do my extra point show on Monday. How was your flight from Kansas City to Baltimore this morning? Well, it was too early. I apologize to everybody listening for all the ambient noise, but we're just so dedicated to bring you a new episode because it was such a big game. You know, I tweeted last night, I want to punch my May self in the face for booking a 5.30 in the morning flight, (laughs) but I have to get back to do a bunch of work. Not all of us could be on the team plane, Sal. You probably had a nice night of sleep in your bed. I got three hours. I had to go to the worst airport in the country in Kansas City. Now I'm doing this. Here we go. All right, well, first of all, you're right about Kansas City's airport. They built it actually pre-9-11, and because of that, there's a lot of different things that you have to do differently there than most airports, and it's small, and that's another issue, but you're right about that. I agree, but I only got four hours sleep because I got back at 1 a.m. with the team. We had a great fan greeting at the airport, Matt, of course, right? I mean, they were there about 1 o'clock in the morning in the rain. The fans were showing up, and... I got home and had to finish my column, I write, arrow up, arrow down. I needed to see some things from the game. And then when you have an 8-year-old and he's got to get to school, my wife's actually at a conference, so I had to get up and do that. So I'm working on four hours. You're working on three hours. We're running on fumes. But, Matt, what an exciting game. I think that game keeps us running today because that was intense. That was exciting. That was fun. What is your biggest takeaway from just the atmosphere and the, uh, I guess, the, how big the game was and what it felt like there? To me, there's a couple different takeaways. I think the biggest is that Josh Allen is a freak of nature. I think he's the best player in the NFL. We've known that for a while, but he really showed up yesterday. And then defensively, Von Miller was paid a lot of money to come in and make plays like he did yesterday, whether it was one of his two sacks, whether it was the play that he chased down the homes on third down. 
he would have probably got a first down Mahomes. Maybe they get a touchdown instead of a field goal on that. And then on the Taron Johnson interception, you'll probably see it shared on social media. It's a play that Von Miller made to kind of sneak through, cut back inside, force Mahomes off base, out of the pocket, force a throw to Taron Johnson, or, you know, force a throw that Taron Johnson jumps and picks off. He pay him another $120 million. That's how good this guy is. What an acquisition for the Bills. What a game, what a performance their star showed out. Also, Stephon Diggs was great. Like, their three biggest guys, Diggs, Allen, Von Miller, they all balled out. Yeah, it was a tremendous game for all of them. It was a heavyweight battle, like I said, and it had great implications. We'll get into that a little bit later. But let's start with Josh Allen here. He was, at one point, I'd say pretty good, but not great. It wasn't a great start for the Bills' offense. But, Matt, with one, one, just under two minutes left in the first half, the Bills were backed up third and 13 from their own one-yard line. Josh Allen hits Gabe Davis on an 18-yard pass. They go down the field and score a touchdown. But starting with that pass, Josh Allen completed his next 13 passes, including that one. He went 5-for-5 five five on that drive. They go to halftime, of course. The Chiefs tie it up right before that. They go to halftime. Comes out in the third quarter, 8-for-8 eight eight on his next eight passes. Gets the ball back late in the game because of the aforementioned sack you said from Von Miller. Goes down the field, hurdles a player, throws a strike to Dawson Knox. We are not only seeing. We are seeing now, I would say, another evolution of Josh, Josh Allen. If there is one, here is it. Here it is. Josh Allen, the comeback guy, right? The guy that when the ball is in his hands in a close game late, he's making the plays. We saw it in Kansas City last year at the end of the season, and now we're seeing it again here in the regular season in 2022. Yeah, and I think Bills fans need to enjoy it. And this isn't like a super original take. A lot of people have said this, but it's, you're kind of getting used to now that your quarterback is making these unbelievable plays at the biggest moments of the game and he's one of the best players in the NFL. Bills fans waited a long time for this to happen. I actually heard Jeremy this morning on the radio talking about, like, how do you watch a Bills team after Josh Allen leaves with anybody else playing quarterback? Because this is what you've gotten used to. He's unbelievable. And I think he's so clutch. And I think Bills fans probably have this sense of confidence. I know it's tough going against the Chiefs because Mahomes has the exact same kind of mindset and mentality. But I think Bills fans, when they had the ball, and it was 20-17 to 17 and it was late in the game, most Bills fans aren't thinking about kicking a field goal and tying it and hoping it goes to overtime. They're like, okay, we're scoring. We're going to get into the end zone. And they did. And – the mistakes early, that's one of Josh's greatest attributes is that he can make those mistakes. and They're not even all on him, but he can play an unperfect game and then turn it around and do something spectacular. Josh was phenomenal. Patrick Holmes was very good as well, obviously. Uh, these two guys show why they're the class quarterbacks that everyone talks about. These two teams showed why they are, I think, Matt, clearly, right? Clearly, the Bills and Chiefs, the two best teams in the AFC. Yeah, I agree. I think they're the two best teams in the league. I think they're the two best teams in the AFC. Do you think they're, you think they're both that much better than Philadelphia, <laughs> undefeated Philadelphia? Well, I was actually talking to Mike Catalana, our you know sports director of Rochester, ABC in Rochester. He's a huge Eagles fan. And I was like, okay, if the Bills and the Eagles are playing on a neutral field, what do you think the line would be? And we both said seven, six and a half, seven. I, I think the Bills are better than the Eagles. I think the Chiefs and the Eagles are right around the same. I think you would be more scared playing the Chiefs than you would be playing the Eagles just because of the homes. So I, I think they're in a category of their own. I think they're in their own tier with those three teams. And then there's a really big drop-off. 
In this game here, the Bills against the Chiefs, we found out afterwards, thanks to uh, John Scott, who reported from Spectrum News 1, that Jordan Poyer was cleared to play football, but he was not cleared to fly. He drove 15 hours to the game to play in the game, and obviously a big part of the defense. He played 100% of the snaps, by the way, on defense. Matt, this is a guy going through a contract situation. It could have been easy for him to shut this down. In fact, when he missed a couple games early in the year, including last week, I had fans say, well, it's a contract. He's looking for the contract. I said, no, 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 that's not Jordan. Jordan would do anything to play, and Jordan proved it on Sunday. You want to know something incredibly impressive? Maybe not as impressive as Jordan Poyer driving 15 hours to make it to the game. I just put you on mute for like 30 seconds, and while you were saying those sentences, I ordered a smoothie at the Baltimore airport. I love it. And the timing worked absolutely perfect. Amazing. I kind of thought everybody was going to have to hear me order my order, but no, Jordan Poyer, I think that really speaks to how bad he wants it, what kind of leader he is. I know I've said it on the podcast several times that I haven't thought the Bills were going to give him a contract extension, but when you do things like that and you make the plays like he's been making – Maybe you sacrifice one or two years of an unfavorable contract for a player who's getting older because you realize how much he means to your team. I mean, Jordan Poyer makes big play after big play. He's got all these interceptions this year. He's been dealing with injuries. He drives 15 hours so he can be at a game. In the final minutes of the game, they were putting him on Kelsey because they trust him more than they trust everybody else, basically, in that situation. Uh, he is that guy. Jordan Poyer is just so important on and off the field to the team, and I think that was evidence with the entire story of him getting in a sprinter van and driving to Kansas City. Matt is at the Baltimore airport. I'm here in our WGR Sports Radio 550 studios, and we will talk more about the Bills' big win over the Chiefs. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove, we want to really thank Kevin Carr, Assistant Program Director at WGR Sports Radio 550, uh, for uh, helping us out with the technical, technical side of things to get this to you uh, when we do because Matt's flying back into Buffalo from Kansas City. He's at the Baltimore Airport. We also want to thank Lucas Buckley, our, uh, ex- our producer here on the program, on the podcast, I should say. He does a great job every week of getting it out to you, getting it uploaded. You can download, subscribe. Please subscribe iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Um, Matt, let's talk about the um, the final play of the game, too. Uh, I've seen a lot of breakdowns in this. Emmanuel Acho has a breakdown. Yeah. Ben Solak has a breakdown. Uh, it was really perfectly called, perfectly executed. Uh, Taron Johnson steps in front, intercepts the pass. But this is this – is, you talk about Von Miller and what he, what he meant on that last play. Sneaky play to get him out of the – um, out of the pocket a little bit, Taron Johnson. That's exactly how you want to execute when the chips are down in that type of situation. 
Yeah, and so for everybody who's listening, there are a lot of more detailed breakdowns, and it's easier when you're actually visually yes. looking at the play. But essentially what it seems like happened was the Bills knew that Von Miller was going to make it look like he was rushing outside and then immediately cut inside because they only had three guys on the line at that point because one person falls back. One of those edge, or one of the people on the Bills defensive line essentially falls into coverage. When that happens, it kind of causes the offensive line to freeze, which lets Miller make that inside move. Milano is spying the quarterback, Mahomes. So he follows him outside, and because Miller blew up the play in the middle of the field, Mahomes kind of had to scoot to, it would have been his right, and then make a throw off balance. And when he does that, he probably makes a throw he should make. And Karen Johnson kind of, this is the perfect way of explaining it, but he kind of jumps the route because he was expecting something in the flat. I think it was Valdez Scantling who was going to run up the side. But they jumped the route. Taron Johnson makes the interception, and it was just a really, really impressive play all around for the Bills defense. And to set up that situation, Josh Allen drives the team down. Uh, the final game-winning drive that ultimately turns out to be, and the touchdown pass to Dawson Knox. Now, Matt, I'll give you my perspective on this. I did not know Dawson Knox caught it, and I didn't even think he did. He was so he was on the other side of the field from where I was on the Bills sideline, and when that throw and catch was made I, I thought it might have hit the ground I, I didn't see any space I didn't see any room in there and then I thought well wait a minute if he caught it he's probably out of bounds he wasn't it was an unbelievable throw from Josh he was directing traffic back there it was a huge play and then obviously for Dawson Knox for what he's been through to come up with the game winning touchdown pass I know all Bills Mafia is feeling really great for him yeah, so I actually asked Austin Knox after the game how much space there was between where the ball was thrown and whoever the safety was. And he was like, you know, it was inches. And yep. he said that that's evidence of how great Josh Allen is. He's like, he's the best player in the league. There's only one guy who can make that throw. It was a great throw. But I think the most telling thing and the most raw emotional answer maybe we've had in a while was from Stefan Diggs about Austin Knox. Jason from the Buffalo News asked a question about what it was like to watch him make that play in that moment, knowing what he had been through. And Diggs talked about the importance of mental health and the importance of yep. understanding that people are going through a lot of stuff in their lives. And he was like, obviously Dawson has been dealing with a lot and he leaned on us and we take pride in the fact that, you know, we can rally together and lift him up when he needs to be lifted. And then to see him go out on the field and make a play like that, really speaks volumes to, you know, just how close they are as a team, how much they trust each other, how much they want it for each other. So it, there is so much more to life than football. And it's been a really tough couple months for Dawson Knox. So to see him get rewarded like that, because, you know, we talk with him often, Sal. Dawson Knox is a just great guy. And that's one of the reasons why he got the contract extension, not just because he's a great player, but also he's an asset to that team. They love that dude. And they trust him in big moments. So yesterday, they trusted him in maybe the biggest moment, and he stepped up. So shout out to him. We were out to eat the radio crew on Saturday night and um, actually ran into Dawson and his family. Uh, met his dad. I wasn't able to meet his um, his mom, who was there. Mom, 
I think I think it might have been her, but um, it, I did meet his dad. Anyway, the point is, um, you see where he gets it from, and he was there with his dad and um, got a chance to meet him, talk with him about Dawson. Really great family, obviously, and I think he just fits Buffalo so well, and you're right. The fact that he's here, got the contract extension, going to be here for a while, uh, just part of this group that's going to be in the mix, I think, for championship caliber runs, you know, for the next several years, and it starts with Josh Allen, and we know that. But you talk about the mental health component. That's right. Mental health is very big with this organization. Um, Sean McDermott really believes in it. He gives the guys the opportunity and the availability to make sure they have someone to talk to. The mental health component really is, um, you know, something that they believe in needs to be uh, adhered to, and how their players have to have that availability, like I said, for people to go to. But part of that is as a professional, right? You talk about off the life, off the field, but even on the field, 13 seconds, Matt. That happened last year. That was the talk this week, going into the game, getting over that. I don't think this team had any lingering effects. And in fact, in this game, the same darn thing happened at the end of the first half with 16 seconds left, and the Bills still gave it up, but yet that did not creep into what they had going on in the second half. And I think for them to be able to put this behind them and all of us, all of us, to not talk about that really anymore as we go on through this season is really big. It's frustrating being in our position knowing that that's the storyline. That's what everywhere in the country is talking about but they don't give you anything. And quite honestly, it drives me crazy as a member of the media, but I also really respect where they're coming from, and I think it's the right approach to take, and it has worked for them. It clearly is working. They're trying not to make it a big deal, and I know you sit there and you hear the cliches, it's the biggest game because it's the next game. We take this one game at a time. We don't even know who we're playing next. I think that's a lot of smoke and mirrors, but I do think that they're so focused on every little thing that they're doing that they can try and take themselves out of it a little bit, and I think that leads to success. I really do think that that's the way that the locker room's mindset kind of is. We would be lying if we said that this win didn't mean more than their win against the Steelers last week when they won 38-3. Of course they wanted this one more. But I also think they realize... They haven't gotten it done yet in the playoffs, so it doesn't make any sense to get super overexcited about this because you also did this last year, and then you still had to go to Kansas City, and then you still lost in the playoffs. So I think they can revel in these moments down the line if they get to where they're trying to get to. But right now, totally fine with them just kind of keeping it cool and just doing the whole one-week-at-a-time thing, even though it's incredibly frustrating when we hear the same thing over and over. Well, let's talk about that big picture, what this win means for the Bills in the entire landscape of the AFC and the Kansas City Chiefs as well. All right, a little bit of a shorter and sweeter pod for you here on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. Sweeter because the Bills won, a little shorter because Matt's going to board a plane to get back to Buffalo. Safe travels, by the way, on your flight back home. All right, so let's, you. yeah, you're welcome. Let's talk about the um, big picture in the AFC. You just said a moment ago... They still got to do it in the playoffs, and that's right. But, man, Matt, are they sitting in a great, great spot. As of right now, we're doing this on Monday, and it's not going to change, obviously, this week, but there is one more AFC game left on Monday night, uh, Chargers and Broncos. But the Bills are free and clear in the number one seed spot in the AFC. Not only are they the only 5-1 and one team, and the next best is 4-2, and two, 
all three teams behind them, the other three division leaders, the Bills have already beaten head-to-head. Matt, it is there for them on a golden platter to be the number one seed, get the first round by, and host in the second round and ultimately maybe the AFC Championship. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think it's a big win from that point of view. I'm going to ask you a question. It's something I was talking about yesterday with some people. What is the toughest game left on the Bills' schedule? It might wind up being New England at the end of the day. Uh, Maybe Cincinnati, depending on where both teams are at the end of the year. New England's starting to run the ball around into form a little bit, as I saw they put it in the uh, Boston Globe in a couple of places. Um, But I think it might be them. I don't know. I don't think it's Green Bay on Sunday night. They're going to be favored in every game going forward. Oh, yeah. I think they're going to be favored probably big in every game going forward. We watched this team lose to Jacksonville last year. So things can happen. Weird things can happen. Also, they're finally pretty healthy again. If they stay healthy, you know, I think they're really going to just go on an impressive run down the road here. They find themselves in a great position. They're going to have the tiebreaker with Kansas City if they finish with the same record. But keep in mind, Kansas City's division, the AFC East also looks a lot better, a lot better than everybody thought going into the year. But I still think overall the AFC West is a more dangerous division. So they've still got really tough games in their division. Both teams do, quite frankly. But the Bills have put themselves in position to really be able to control their own destiny. And man, do things change if you're talking about a number one overall seed. I mean, think about that. You go from having to win three games to get to the Super Bowl to only having to win two. And if you win the first one, you're hosting the AFC Championship in your own stadium, which is something I am convinced. We've talked about this on the podcast. I am convinced that the Bills beat the Chiefs last year. They would have won the AFC Championship in Buffalo against the Bengals and probably went on to win the Super Bowl. So I think just get yourselves in that position because all of those matchups in the playoffs are so tough. But when you get to do it at home in Orchard Park, I think that's a setting that really is intimidating to other people. I think it's a great home field advantage for the Bills, not just because of the fan base, but also because of the weather, depending on who they're going to play. I mean, we think in the last couple of years, they haven't lost a home game in the playoffs, right? No, they haven't. They beat the Patriots. They beat the Colts. Colts. They beat the Ravens. Ravens, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so they've got three wins at home. Like, And also, I, I don't think Josh has won a road playoff game yet. I'm not like criticizing Josh. I'm just saying. Hey, Patrick really Mahomes hasn't difference. even played a playoff game on the road yet. There you go. Well, that'll change this year when he comes here to, to the yeah. AFC Championship. Well, and the other thing that happens is if you're the number one seed and everybody else has to play, as you said, you get the bye. You also give a chance for other teams to lose who you might not match up with. For example, if you don't want to see Kansas City, maybe they lose. Like Tennessee lost before they got to play in the next round, right? I mean, they were the number one seed. Cincinnati went to their place. So those things also happen. Yeah, this is a this is a huge win for those purposes. And I'm going to show my age here. I remember growing up in the 90s and the Super Bowl years and all the home games. And you're spot on, Matt, when you say it's the mental aspect of it for another team coming here. Those teams were half beaten before they before they got to the stadium when they got off the plane and it was cold and snowing. Like they didn't want to play in Buffalo. They wanted to get out of here and things start to snowball on you, no pun intended, but then they then that's when you really take over. And I think that we kind of saw that a little bit even against a Northeast team against the Patriots last year in the cold weather. Like once the Bills started rolling, they're like, Okay, let's get out of here. It's super cold. I don't want to be in this environment anymore. So that obviously matters a lot. Matt, let's get to injuries. For the last couple of weeks, yep. the Bills have been dealing with a lot of different injuries. They got a lot of guys back. I think that 
Maybe they held him out knowing that the Kansas City Chiefs were on the horizon. Maybe they held him out just for the long-term effect, whatever it was. They come back. You're talking about Isaiah McKenzie, Jordan Poyer, Tremaine Edmonds, Christian Benford. All these guys, Dawson Knox, all these guys were out. They make contributions. And I believe the only major kind of concerning injury from this game would be Spencer Brown, who it looked really bad when he went down, but it was an ankle injury. He was in a walking boot, but walking after the game, which I think is encouraging. But I think that's the only injury now coming out of this going into the bye week. Yeah, I agree. I think that something definitely to monitor, but it's also a really nice time to have a bye week. So yep. you try and get everybody else who's got these dings and obviously Spencer Brown healthy and ready to go for your I don't want to say second half because it's more than that, but it's for your second two-thirds or your the final two-thirds of the season. So Spencer Brown is something to monitor. And like you said, the guys who were banged up going into this game really did contribute. Dawson Knox, Jordan Poyer. But we also need to talk about Jordan Phillips. He was great against the Chiefs. He caused so many problems in the middle and the interior line. And it's just like – man, what is it about this guy when he's on the Bills in this scheme that lets him have so much success? He's a difference maker. He really is. So I also want to make sure that we give a shout-out to Jordan Phillips because he was a guy we didn't know if he was going to play, that he played. And, oh, by the way, the next time we see this team in a game, Trey White might be on the field for them. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. That's something to monitor as well. Speaking of snaps, by the way, the Bills did throw a different wrinkle into this game, getting back into the details a little bit. Saran Neal playing 12 snaps. Um, they, they put Saran Neal on the field to be basically to cover Travis Kelsey, to be a bigger guy, get an extra defensive back. They went dime a lot. They went six defensive backs. Saran Neal getting some run. Yeah, he had a couple penalties, but I think they were very ticky-tack, by the way. It didn't really work, though. Well... No, Travis Kelsey had 108 yards. But I thought it was interesting that they yeah. went with that philosophy. I agree. I think it's – I heard – I don't want to – this is not something that I noticed, but I heard somewhere or read somewhere – oh, you know what it was? It was Dan Orlovsky. I was watching ESPN on the flight this morning. He said the Bills played nine different defenses against the Chiefs <laughs> yesterday, and wow. he called it just an absolute master class from Leslie Frazier. He said it was one of the best defensive performances he's seen in the last several years in the NFL. So, I mean, they did hold Mahomes to 20 points. They had some big plays. They had two turnovers. I know if you're in Kansas City, you probably think the Chiefs left a lot of meat on the bone, just like the Bills do, especially in the first half of that game. But I also think some credit needs to go to the defense for making those plays and for getting off the field in the moments where they needed to get off. Because, you know... I, I firmly believe this is another one of my big takeaways after this game. I really do believe that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are the two best quarterbacks in the league, and I don't even think there's anybody in their same stratosphere right now. So to hold one of those two guys to 20 points, and the Chiefs defense played pretty well too. They held the Bills to 24 points. But, yeah, overall, a really strong day from the defense, even though Kelsey did have hit. And uh, let's uh, finish up here. Matt's got to get on his plane in a second by talking about the next opponent, which is two weeks from now, the Green Bay Packers. How about the Jets? The Jets going to Green Bay into Lambeau. They beat the Packers 27-10. to 10. They hold the Packers to less than 300. In this, I don't know if you know this. In this game, both teams had exactly 278 total yards. I don't know if you know that. But uh, the Jets did a great job of holding down a Packers offense that's been struggling, and I am a lot more confident now facing the Packers in Buffalo on Sunday night than I think I was when the schedule came out, obviously. But that's their next opponent. So maybe um, just what that looks like on a Sunday night. Matt, can you imagine Trey White running out of the tunnel as, the start, as announced as a starter on Sunday night football in front of that crowd? Yeah, this, 
that'll be like a, a wrestling pop as somebody <laughs> comes out of the you know entrance yes. ramp and onto the ring. How people how excited people will be. I think that the Packers have a lot of problems that they need to figure out. I'm not ready to write off the Packers yet. I, I always tend to think teams with great quarterbacks, even if the rest of the team starts to slip, will always have a puncher's chance just because they have that guy. But, man, I, I think it's a combination of the Jets are a lot better than people thought going into the year. Sure. But also, the Packers aren't very good. I would guess we have to also see what happens with Green Bay because they have a they don't have a bye week this week. They play and then they're coming to they're Buffalo. At, they're so at the Commanders. To... Okay, so they're okay. So they're probably going to win. Although a lot of people would have probably said that about the Jets. I would guess though the Bills are a touchdown favorite in that game, maybe more. And when we consider how hyped up the Packers were going into this season, that's pretty surprising. And it's funny we spent so much time in the offseason talking about this first seven games of the schedule. The bye yeah. week comes in, but it was really the first, you know, weeks one through weeks eight. And the Bills have gotten through this first part five and one and have a really good, excuse me, chance against the Packers. Bills fans would have signed up for that in a heartbeat before the season. And it is just really ridiculous that the one game they lost was to Miami because that was not what anybody would have expected before the year started. I'm actually going to pull it up right now. I can tell you exactly what the uh, spread is on the Bills-Packers game. But real quick, how about the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Patriots, and the AFC East, basically? Who knows what to expect behind the Bills these days? Also, if the Bills would have lost yesterday to the Chiefs, I believe the Jets would have been in first place. Wow, in the that's right. That's right. Because they would have both been the Bills and the Jets would have been 4-2. and two, But the Bills have a division loss. And I don't think the Jets have played a division game yet. Maybe they have, but I, I think I, yeah. They would have been in first place, which is bananas. I think the division's good. I think, obviously, Miami's going to get their quarterback back, and I know people in Buffalo are not sold on Tua, but I think Tua's a heck of a lot better than Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson. I think the Patriots do a great job running the ball, and their defense looks yep. legit. It's pretty similar to what they were last year, quite honestly, and I know that the Bills blew them out in the playoff game, but I don't think that they're a team that can be written off. And I think we all thought the Jets were trending in the right direction. We just didn't know how close they are. To me, this feels like one of those teams that really might be something in a couple of years. And right now you're starting to see like what they can't. And it's not just, you know, like Quinn and Williams is a freak of nature. He looks yep. like one of the best players defensively in football. Sauce Gardner seems like he's having a great start to his career. They've got weapons on offense with Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall and the list goes on. So I think the Jets, if Wilson's good, and we don't know yet, but, you know, the jury's still out, but if he's good, that could be a team that's really a pain in the butt for the Bills for years to come. No doubt about it. That's going to be an interesting game coming up in early November. The Bills, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs 24-20. to They're off this week. It's a bye week. How are you going to spend the bye week, Matt? By having surgery on my foot. How fun oh, is that? <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. You didn't burn it out of yeah, George no. Foreman Grill, did you? No, I did not do okay. that. But they told me, how about this? They're like, the recovery time is anywhere from seven days to like six weeks. And oh. I was like, well, that's a really big range. <laughs> it's like, how do, how, do, how do I know when this, when this, like, you know, when I'll find out exactly how long I have to be off of it? And they're like, not until the surgery's done and you see how it heals. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Wow. So I tried to fit it in to a time when the Bills have three or four games at home. And the one road game is the Jets game. And I'm like, yeah, you can always just hop into a car and drive to New York City. 
and, you know, I'll just let somebody else drive. So, yeah, or that's how I'm spending my bye week. I hope you have much better plans. Well, I'll be working all week. Uh, I'll be doing my show. I'm actually filling in at a different time slot Thursday and Friday. I'll be um, filling in for the one to three time slot uh, for the One Bills Live where they, where they normally are. And I'll be watching some Sabres. We're uh, into the Sabre season, and I know um, we're excited about that. So it's going to be an interesting week. It's a fun week for Bills fans because they won, and they get to enjoy it for a couple of weeks before the Green Bay Packers come to town. By the way, to answer your question, I'm surprised. The Bills are only a four-point favorite right now to open against the Green Bay Packers. That does surprise me. I yeah. think that, I mean, once again, it's a team that had Super Bowl aspirations heading into the season. I think they're going to bounce back against the Commanders next week. They've got a great quarterback. And it's a primetime stage, and he seems like he's one of those players who thrives in that situation. I, right now, think the Bills would cover that with pretty, you know, with some comfort. But we get a lot of football left to be played. Weird stuff happens in the league yeah. every year. We see it. The Bills lost to Jacksonville. By the way, of course, that game is in two weeks. That's just a look-ahead early line. All right, Matt, you're going to board your flight. Have a safe flight back to Buffalo. We'll talk with everybody uh, later in the week. Really appreciate you being able to uh, do this on your layover, and I I hope you enjoy that smoothie. Yeah, I haven't really been able to have any of it, but I do do really want to just apologize to everybody. Normally, like, we try and have really good, clean audio and not a ton of background noise or anything. There's just not a situation because of you on the flight last night you didn't get back until you said 1 a.m. My flight was at 5. I had to wake up at 3. So I wasn't going to pull an all-nighter. I got like three hours of sleep. And really the only window we had to do this was right now to make sure we got it up for people on Monday when they want to hear about the Bills game. So sorry about the background no, noise. No, no, it's all good. It's, it's all good. the best we could do. Hey, no, I think people, uh, people just want to hear about their Buffalo Bills, especially when it's like this. All right, I'm going to scoot and do my extra point show here as we're doing this in the morning. Matt, you have a safe flight. And once again, thank you so much to Kevin Carr, Assistant Program Director at WGR, for allowing us to have to put this together technologically for us to kind of come your way. And then Lucas Buckley, our director as well. Matt, have a safe flight. We'll talk to you later in the week. Thanks, guys. Everybody have a great week.